Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. My name's Rebecca Campbell. I'm the alder person for District 18. For those of you who aren't sure where the districts are, District 18 is everywhere this side of Warner Park, including Warner Beach, but not Warner Park, and then everything north of here and west of North Sherman, and I also have Whitetail Ridge, that's east of North Sherman. Everything else on the north side is Alder Larry Palm. Um, Larry is in another meeting right now and can't get here. He'll try to get here later. Can I just see a show of hands of who lives on that side in Alder Palms District of the north side? So quite a few of you are here. Okay. Um, I'll try to text him and let him know to get here soon. Um, so, again, thanks for coming. The last couple months, there's been a lot of concerns and meetings around the issue of road reconstruction on the north side. Um, unfortunately, I work nights on the weekend, so I was unable to attend the meeting that um, Annette Eisman, on behalf of the Lakeview Neighborhood Association, called early in August on this topic. Um, but I had told her at that time that I would be convening this meeting. Uh, we didn't have a date set up, as you can imagine, trying to get all three rooms of Warner Park on one night that all of the same staff people can get here is, you know, a scheduling nightmare. But we did it, and here we are together. Um, so tonight is a night of uh, where city staff is going to talk very generally at first about city policies. There were a lot of questions coming out of that August 5th meeting around city policies. Um, she's going to talk about that first, and in particular the um, – rural to urban road reconstruction policies, complete street policies, uh, that sort of thing. And then later we'll get into um, some specifics about the two reconstruction projects that are scheduled for District 18, uh, that being Lakeview Avenue and then Westport and uh, a few blocks of Knutson. Um, so my job here is going to be to listen to you guys. I'm going to be sitting on the end of that table taking notes. Um, I've talked to, I mean, I know many of you in the room, and I've talked to several of you about how um, I, as an alder, can assist you to um, organize yourselves around getting policy changes, around um, getting better flows of information from the city. That's what I feel like my job is here, uh, is to facilitate th these relationships that, that um, we're starting on having tonight. Um, and I just want to say, especially for the Lakeview Hill uh, neighbors who have just suffered for the last two years with the uh, water tower project, it's just been unending, and now you're seeing another part of that project coming up in a couple of years. It's just street reconstruction is extremely disruptive. Um, it's a pain. I know the, the noise and the heavy equipment on Lakeview, especially the last couple of years, the runoff issues, the, you know, everything we've worked through with um, the Friends of Lakeview Hill, um, and in particular, I just want to recognize Sue Gleason, Nelson and Annette Eisman, and um, uh, Jim and Maria Powell for being such great advocates for the neighborhood. Um, and, you know, we've worked through these things together with, with the water utility, and we'll work through uh, whatever issues come up with the street reconstruction uh, project, too. So we just, I am, he, I am your public servant, and I'm here to help um, 
help you through the processes. And um, I believe my husband, Adam, who is standing back there, he t I forgot to bring my business cards, but he just put a big stack of them uh, on the table back there. Feel free to take one. So right now I'm going to turn it over to Carl Van Lith, who um, works at the city, and he's going to be our facilitator for the meeting uh, while I sit there and listen. So I'm Phil Donahue tonight, for those of you who remember Phil, right? Um, Maybe I'll talk a little closer. How's that sound, right? Good. Everybody here back there? Great. So one of the things we're going to do tonight is to be able to do some quick introductions of the city staff here, talk, as Alder Kemble has mentioned, is to give you some background about city policies, answer some of those questions that were out there, but also to get from you, uh, I'll go hand around some little index cards. If you've got a specific question or some issue that you want to talk about, you know, if you write it down in this, we'll collect those, and then after the presentation, we'll come back and do, I'll be Phil walk around, and, you know, we'll, I'm sorry? Is this meeting going to happen no matter what? Oh, I, no, I think the, uh, again, you, there's some projects that are going to go on, but that's not necessarily the timing is, I think, the thing that everybody wants to know, and everybody would get an idea of well, what that is, and you'll hear from uh, city engineering staff of that now. Scope of the work? Well, I'll leave it up to the presentation from the city engineers to give you the background on that. Are we going to do the... Do it? Yeah. Let me be very clear. The two projects that are scheduled for 2020 that are going to happen, and especially Lakeview, the water utility, and we have um, Kelly Meese from the water utility uh, here, are going to tear up the street so they can put a water main from the water tower all the way to Sherman. That is... You know, the reason I live on the other side of Lakeview Hill, and the reason why a lot of us move there and, and live there is because we love that hill. Well, unfortunately, that hill, the characteristic of that hill being one of the highest points in Madison also makes it optimal for the water utility to have a tank that can serve the whole northeast side of the city. So people's basic – oh, there's, the sidewalks haven't been decided – Oh, well, then, okay. All right, well, the, the, sidewalks haven't been decided yet. Christy, hang on. It, 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 uh, Hello, uh, I'm Christy Bachman. I, I work uh, for the City of Madison Engineering Division, and I would hope you would at least give us a chance here to try to give you some information tonight and um, just explain our, our process. I know there's quite a bit of misinformation, I think, floating out in the neighborhood right now. At this point, we do not have any sidewalk planned um, for any air, any streets in that area. We will take a closer look when we start looking at the design, but kind of my gut feeling is that um, <clears throat> they're low-volume roads that don't have a lot of cars on them or pedestrians, 
and, you know, we will look more closely. So I, I just really want you to know that we don't just blanketly come in and uh, propose to install sidewalk. We are very thoughtful on the streets that we do propose sidewalk. Um, they're generally, excuse me, could you just please let us have a chance here to give our presentation and not interrupt. So uh, once again, we don't blanketly uh, propose sidewalks when we come in and put a street in, but we do be very thoughtful on when we do pr propose it. Um, what we're here tonight to, to tell you is just a little bit about the city program and uh, give you an idea of uh, different questions that have come up and try to get that information out to folks. Sure. So maybe I'll explain a little bit bigger picture of the process and how these things work. So right now, we're here talking to you guys because we've been receiving a lot of calls. There's been, you know, information published saying that all streets are getting curb and gutter and sidewalk by 2023, uh, which is not correct. Um, we do have some streets scheduled. And uh, just to give you an idea, um, at the current budget uh, levels, we reconstruct maybe one to two miles a year. And we have approximately 55 miles of streets in such condition. Um, other pieces of, you know, town of Madison, Middleton, et cetera, will be annexed in. So that number is going to rise. So, I mean, if you do the math on that, it would take us at least 40 years to reconstruct all these streets. So I can definitely tell you that not all the streets are scheduled or going to be reconstructed um, immediately. It's going to take time. And uh, so once again, we're here to try to give you some information about the program because there's been quite a bit of misinformation uh, floating around. Once we do start specifically working on a street segment or two, Lakeview, for example, uh, we will have uh, um, surveyors pick up the topographical features. We'll take a look um, at that uh, uh, survey, and we'll have um, some design engineers take a look at the utilities, at the, um, you know, uh, the grades, elevations, um, and uh, come up with a proposal. And at that time, we will uh, hold an informal meeting um, with the specific property owners that are affected by the proposed project. That generally happens approximately a half a year to a year in advance of any uh, type of approvals or construction. So, for example, right now the, the staff is um, finishing up on the smaller projects that were able to be bid late and constructed in 2017, and now they're starting to work on uh, the designs for the 2018 uh, construction projects. So again, it's a half a year to a year in advance of, of going through um, any type of formal approval process. Uh, at a minimum, there's one uh, public informational meeting that is held. Um, sometimes that is sufficient, sometimes it's not. If additional meetings are needed, we will schedule those meetings. Um, you know take a look at maybe different uh, uh, suggestions that came up or design options um, and meet with the neighbors uh, as many times as it takes until we feel like we have uh, come to a proposal that we're ready to present to the Board of Public Works. 
So after that is completed, there are hearings that are held at the Board of Public Works and also ultimately at the Common Council. So those are the chances uh, to be able to speak in front of the, um, you know, boards and committees that would actually be, be voting on the project. Um, we do try to uh, come up with compromises and put forth the best, you know, uh, um, design we can by the time we get to that point. Uh, but once again, it's, it's a process that happens over uh, a period of time after we've taken an initial look. Correct. So the question is, how do they, how do folks find out about the meetings? Um, we uh, send a letter to the the property owners of record, and then also we'll do a mailing um, to uh, uh, residents that live there, because sometimes it's not uh, owner occupied. Um, we also have uh, in the past you know, made that text available, because sometimes other uh, the neighborhood association may be interested or other folks may want to attend, but our our uh, goal are the folks that are immediately impacted, and we do mail a letter to each of those folks. So, guidelines regarding curb and gutter, and sure. So, um, in general, when we reconstruct a street or if we build a new street in a subdivision, curb and gutter and a storm sewer is installed with those streets. Um, what that does for us is it helps to convey the stormwater and control that, uh, um, uh, try to resolve any type of uh, erosion issues. Um, the other way to do that is you can also um, control and try to uh, um, deal with stormwater with ditches. Um, ditches work well when you have a really super wide right-of-way and you have nice big deep ditches in a urban tight area, you know, with uh, uh, more density, um, they generally don't work well. So what happens is they fill in. Yeah, well, let, let me quick take a time out because now we've kind of deviated and it would be nice to at least have the staff be able to give the presentation. I've had a couple of handouts. Um, so why don't we try to push through that and uh, kind of hold back on questions and commentary. If you have, if you have a, um, a technical, if you don't understand a term or something, um, we'll try to straighten those out. But let's try to get through that and then go through. Uh, I don't think any of the presentations are that long, so we'll, we'll try to move her along because we see that that is your main interest. Go ahead. Uh, hello, my name is Dan McAuliffe. I'm a planner uh, in the city's planning division. Uh, most recently, one of the projects that I've been working on is the Madison in Motion, which is the city's comprehensive, sustainable transportation master plan. And I was asked to come here to help give a little bit of policy background and, and some of the adopted uh, goals, policies, and objectives. Uh, we, there was, in this plan, there was eight stated purposes that were agreed upon and approved by the city council. 
Uh, one was to expand mobility choices, providing people with more options. So it's not simply everybody has to be in their own car. They have the ability to walk, bike, take transit. Um, also to improve the safety of, of transportation as well as uh, provide uh, more healthier options. Um, also create transportation equity. So making sure people of all abilities in all areas uh, have the same opportunities. Um, looking at how the, the transportation network can enhance neighborhoods, promote beneficial growth, and also sustainability, and how we could, as a city, do this in a fiscally responsive way and foster economic development. I'm going to move into one of the big ideas that was embodied in this plan was the idea of complete streets. Uh, in 2009, the city adopted the complete streets resolution. And one of the big ideas is we, we think about when we're designing streets is how they work for all users. And this can be pedestrians, bicycles, automobiles, transit users. Uh, those are really speak to the modes, but it's also uh, people of all ages, all mobility levels, uh, as well as residents and visitors. So how does, uh, how does young children use a street? How do people in wheelchairs use a street? Um, because we, you know, those people, um, people of all ages, all abilities, they live throughout the city. We can't say people with disabilities have to live in this area. Every neighborhood has to work for everybody. Um, beyond that, the streets are public places. Uh, they have mobility space, so how uh, people to go to and from their destinations. It's the way the city also serves a lot of these areas. It's how garbage is collected, uh, how emergency services arrive at a, at a particular location. It's a social space. It's where people meet their neighbors. And it's also a, a recreational space. As you can see, sometimes it's a sidewalk cafe. Sometimes it's a farmer's market. They serve many different purposes. Um, this is just a graphic from actually one of uh, another community's uh, complete streets. But it, it looks at kind of all the elements. So sidewalks are typically a component. They're often looked at as well as, you know, how, how do these major streets handle uh, parking, transit, um, bikes. Um, it, it's not necessarily prescriptive saying every single entity needs to happen on every street, but it's, it's, it's kind of in the design process how we go through kind of what we're thinking about. Uh, also in Madison in Motion, we looked at throughout the city how many streets have sidewalks and how many don't. Uh, there are a fair number of areas that don't. A lot of these areas were originally developed in the towns and then later annexed to the city. Um, so there are some areas that really do lack so some basic pedestrian infrastructure. Um, and this does cause some issues with those areas as well. Uh, beyond that, we have something that we call tier one sidewalk priorities. And these are areas that are, are busier streets that are leading to um, pedestrian or destinations. So as uh, streets along bus routes, streets with higher traffic counts, streets that are leading to schools so kids can walk on those. These are areas that we've, we've highlighted that really should, we should look strongly at for you know, sidewalks as those streets are reconstructed in the future. Uh, this is just uh, one example uh, of one of those streets that, that we would look at. This is uh, actually on the east side. Um, but what we're showing here is a bus stop uh, on a street without a sidewalk. There's not really a good place for anybody to wait. It's, it can be very challenging for people in wheelchairs to use the, the facility, especially in the winter when there's snow. Um, it's also across the street is, is a public school. So kids who are walking to school, have they ha they're forced to walk in the road. Um, there's not really a, a great flat area. As you can see, there's lots of puddles throughout there. It's not really an inviting place for someone to wait for a bus or walk to school. Um, 
And as I mentioned before, every time we look at a, a street design for a retrofit, we really look very closely uh, at the existing conditions because every condition is different. Uh, there's a kind of a needs analysis done and saying what what is the street like now? Um, what are we perceiving the needs to be? Um, and how can we really customize the design to really meet that that those goals? Uh, this is actually one of the this is a much busier street. This is the, the East Johnson reconstruction that happened uh, probably within the last couple of years. Um, but that in that particular street, they actually narrowed the corridor, tightened the lane, added bike lanes. Um, and I think we, it, that particular street met a lot of people's. Uh, I think a lot of people are were happy with the outcome of that. Well, there's also there's two, there's two parts of that. People who live on Johnson, there's also people who traverse it. Um, here, here's a here's a different version. This is a this is a local a residential street um, on the again on the east side where sidewalks was added. A couple things that we want to point out to in this one, you can kind of see there's there's some flexibility that was done with how the sidewalks jogged in order to preserve existing trees. Uh, trees are very important. Uh, the urban canopy is is is, is very essential. It, it makes the uh, it just really makes the neighborhood attractive long term. It, it it controls stormwater. It controls air pollution as well. Um, and so and certainly um, any new street reconstruction would include uh, future trees, but it, those do take time to develop. To the extent that we can preserve the existing trees as something that we that we do strive for. So there is some flexibility. Another thing that you may want to notice is that. The, the corridor actually narrowed a little bit, um, and the reason that's important is that controls speed, the speed of the traffic going through there. Um, the, when we looked at that street, we, we determined that the width of the street, it, it, was, it was wider than it needed to be, which encouraged faster speeds, um, and, and, that, and, and we didn't think that made the most sense. So looking at how we could uh, minimize the, the corridor width, which narrows, uh, controls speed and also uh, reduces stormwater. It shouldn't, it actually should, um, probably, I believe, uh, a couple years ago, I took a, a class, uh, Designing Streets for Pedestrian Safety, and one of the information points there is uh, between the difference in vehicle accidents between, in, you don't have to correct me if I'm wrong, but in per lane width is really, there's almost no difference between 10-foot lanes and 12-foot lanes, but those... I don't think where anybody's talking about roundabouts no, in this location. So one of the things with roundabouts is they they do generally cause lower accidents, but the other thing is the severity of the accidents is far lower on a roundabout than on a on the through intersection. So if you have a through intersection and you have a T-bone. You know, that, that could be a fatal accident. On roundabouts, they're mostly fender benders. So there is a little bit of a learning curve. Um, there may be some roundabouts that have more accidents, uh, but the severity of those is far lower um, than what was on those intersections in the past. Sure, and, and there, there is some custom, you know, we, we do look that, we recognize that every context is different. 
Uh, I believe uh, Lakeview leads to uh, Sherman, which does have bus service. Um, so these are also how, as I was mentioning before, how people with disabilities can access transit as well as, um, you know, in the winter, especially if, if, he, if someone in a wheelchair has to go in, in the street. Um, it's very challenging, especially in a snowfall when the city doesn't plow until there's three inches of snow. Um, so that is one of the things that we consider. I'm going to... those comments. So I just want to clarify. We're, we're talking about things in general. We're not talking about Lakeview right now. This is the, the city. Well, once, once again, we're, we're not. And there's a, there's a, there's a good, well, this is not a meeting about the specifics on Lakeview. Excuse me. This Ma'am, ma'am, we, ma'am, I tried to explain, I tried to explain the timing of everything, and I would like, yeah, that's, I agree, that's just, just, I'm happy to have conversations with the Lakeview people, and maybe we set up a meeting just with them at some point. But I just want to quickly say, too, that I would like to say that the complete street resolution, it, it, what it does is it directs staff to consider these things when we're designing. We build plenty of streets where we do not put sidewalks in. We build plenty of streets where we do not put bike lanes in. So it's just telling us to take a look, and um, and we definitely do that. We we do look at a street differently that's downtown that has a lot of traffic and a lot of pedestrians. Um, so once again, let's maybe try to rush through the more general stuff since uh, um, it's fine. I think I've pretty much covered hit the highlights so <laughs> well again just going back to Lakeview is that 
Am I right, Christy, in saying that again? There's no plan right now for. No, you have a plan. You're going to put in a water main. That Correct. The pavement being disturbed. The question is, how much more? Curbing gutter, curbing gutter, sidewalk, sidewalk only. What? Right. That's really what we're here to do. Yeah. You're going to disrupt the pavement. How far okay. are you going to disrupt it? How deep are you going to disrupt it? And how long are you going to disrupt it? Let let me see a show of hands. Who here is on Lakeview? Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, there's a fair number of you. And uh, so let me try to go over that again. Um, we budget out. We plan for projects. Um, there's some questions and answer handout. Did you see the one with the black text, sir, and the, the red answers? So that has quite a few of the questions, I believe, answered in there. Okay. 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 So, so once again, I, I mean, I can try to pull an air photo up. We have not designed the project. Um, that doesn't happen until after it's surveyed. I'd be happy to talk to you guys one-on-one -on -one afterwards. Look at the air photo. I can show you in general. Um, so once again, there's a lot of folks here that are here that are not from Lakeview. And, and the idea, and okay, okay, so Well, like once again, that once again, I don't even know if we're going to propose sidewalks. It's usually what's the most opposed thing. So, cur so, so, staff will propose something, and the political process that Turner Avenue went through is the same thing that would happen here. So ultimately, it, no, no. All right, let's, you know? I mean, you know, you don't, let's respect each other's time and opinion on how this uh, goes. Again, that there is a process. I mean, we want to, you'll have the opportunity to talk specifically about that. I know a lot of you are here tonight to see, have an answer, but, and Chrissy has stated, I mean, they haven't done the design element of that yet. So. We know that something will happen. The. Yeah, and again, part of it is a uh, survey mapping, and it's a whole thing about, that has to be done. How about this? Why don't you let me get through my very short presentation that kind of explains yeah, the other handout. And, um, uh, you know, I'll try to answer questions as best as I can, but once again, I don't have any specific details or designs on any of these streets. So... <laughs> Uh, 
panel with Lakeview, Longview, Rosen, Sunfield, Mayfield, Canusin. Many of those streets, I've lived in that neighborhood for 25 years. There's never been a single major road resurfacing project, a single major pothole filling project, never anything just to, just to give us a, a drivable road. Now suddenly they say, oh, we're going to come in and talk about curb gutter sidewalk, um, and maybe we'll talk about your road resurfacing later on. Just resurface our roads so that they're nice and passable and, and let the neighborhood be. But don't come along with a design project that's going to cost people that are in fixed incomes money that they can't afford. So, so once again, we, we don't have all the streets scheduled, and it's usually a utility-driven issue or very, very poor pavements. Um, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear. Oh, why Knudsen is on the list? Sure. So with Lakeview, utility-driven, uh, Knudsen actually is uh, classified as a collector street, and on and off through the years we have had complaints um, probably for at least 10 or 15 years. So it's kind of been on the radar screen. And uh, what the condition, yeah, of the condition of the road. So, so... What we have done is we've tried to schedule out projects over the next two to three years to give an idea of our goals of trying to um, uh, repair some of these utility issues and pavement issues. And since Knutson is a heavily, heavier traveled street uh, that connects, you know, to Northport, um, that's why it is showing up as a potential project on that list. In other words, we have no option. No, that's no. That's not the, that's not the case. So we will propose to do that, and there are projects that you know do fall off the list that don't move forward, and all of that will um, you know come out as we hold the public meetings and uh, seek input and and uh, take a look at some designs. Sure. So speed uh, um, does become an issue a lot of times when you build a street. You have a better pavement than um, some streets. They do end up having uh, issues, and we've put speed humps in. Um, others have been okay. So it, it all depends on, you know, what, what uh, we see happen after the construction. There is actually a, a program and a procedure to uh, take a look at traffic calming because the, the neighbors that actually live on the street are the ones that ultimately will vote to determine if there's speed humps or not. So, well, I know, don't know. We can, we, let's let her do her presentation to kind of give Wait, you the background I'll, on I'll it first, it and really then quick, if you've got okay? a question, jump in. I'll make it really quick. It'll be about five to ten minutes, and yeah. then uh, we can go on. Is the EPA is actually recommending eliminating 
I I did um I did uh forward your uh questions to uh Greg Fries. He's actually the deputy city engineer and he's the uh has headed up the storm sewer section for many, many years. And um he did respond back to me and and uh um his explanation to me is those type of developments, uh, and, and he said, absolutely, it's better when you can keep the water where it is and infiltrate it, um, you know, through the ground. Um, we do that with rain garden programs, etc. The type of development that you had mentioned um, is more in, used and suited for uh, developments that have huge lots, you know, a half an acre to an acre of a lot, so there's not as much of runoff. Um, through there, and again, the ditches would have to be big enough to handle the flow and come through. Well, all right, let's uh, go ahead, Jim. I think what you're doing right now is a disservice to these people who are here, really concerned about what's going on. This presentation is not what they want to hear. I think to have a forum here that's controlled, that's going to hear the people's voices. You pass the mic around, these people identify themselves, and they'll shoot you the questions. You better have the answers, or else half these people are going to get up and go home. That would be fine with me. I think no, no, no. She's talking about the Q. She's she's talking about the question. She's 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 talking about the question and answer. She's she's no. She was stuck. I you know I think, you're threatened to me that you don't want to see the presentation and you want to go home. That's fine. That's fine. So. Can I have a word? Can I please have a word? Can I have a word? Well, and again, we can definitely go around and get questions from people after you see that. Yeah. We're here till 8.30. We've been here 45 minutes. They would have been done with their presentations if people hadn't been. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things about. Here's the here's the thing. They, okay, I, but I would. There are a lot people here from many neighborhoods. Not everyone is here from Lakeview. There's some. Okay, but there's some basic. There's some basic information that our city staff has brought to give you that would be relevant to everyone in this room. The plan was to give that and then for at least the last hour, if not longer, to do the Q&A. That was the plan. I am sorry that that wasn't communicated clearly at the beginning. Okay. Let's get out. You know, let's, I, I Let's do the presentation quickly. And then we can come back and do the Q&A piece, right? So let's do that. Accept my apologies. It's a little frustrating for me to be under the gun up here, too. So I do apologize. And I do welcome you to um, stay and ask your questions. And I, I do apologize. I, 
I, uh, I apologize, and I hope that you can stay and we can try to have a good discussion and we can let our thoughts be known back and forth. So. All right, Chris, why don't you do your, just again, give them the background. Sure. So I'll try to go through this. Um, we've talked about some of it. So we've touched on this a little bit already tonight. Um, when uh, we do rebuild a street or if there's a new subdivision, uh, there are, are uh, street standards that we try to meet. Um, a typical street is anywhere between 28 and 32 feet wide. Uh, many of the streets um, that are without curb and gutter sometimes get wider than that because people will park and it kind of grows as it's chip sealed. Um, some stay narrower. They're only like 24 feet wide or so, but this would be a typical section of a, a brand new street in a subdivision or a reconstructed street where we've done utility work. Um, we do install curb and gutter, again, once to, uh, to control the stormwater and to deal with any issues with uh, flooding, um, property damage, et cetera, from storm. Uh, new sidewalks are not always proposed on our projects, uh, but what we look at uh, most importantly, if uh, there are collector streets, if there are bus routes, um, or if there are neighborhood connections that help to connect to uh, um, either commercial properties, schools, open parks, lands, things of that nature. So Dan touched a little bit on uh, sidewalks and why we propose sidewalks at times. Mostly it's to, um, you know, have a place for people to walk that's not within the street. Uh, curb, we propose to put curb in on our projects because it helps protect that pavement edge. Um, a lot of the streets that you see in these neighborhoods actually don't have that great of pavement either. They're just chip sealed streets so they may have some kind of material underneath with just a chip seal, not a true um, asphalt on top. Um, the curb helps to protect that edge so it doesn't grow, it doesn't unravel, it doesn't uh, erode, and then it also, uh, you know, keeps the vehicles in the roadway and off the terrace um, so it doesn't destroy the different elements of the terrace. I, it's telling you what our current policy is. So it is what the yeah, let's hold that. the questions until we get that. We, we'll come back and talk afterwards, right? So I just want to have a picture here of uh, an example. Um, of a street before and after. This is just off of Google View. It's over on uh, the uh, east side of Madison. Um, so you can see the pavement here is, I think, it's wider than what you you guys see generally in this neighborhood, but you can see how it's grown out wider. And then this is the Google View afterwards. So um, that's kind of the difference between uh, with the curb and gutter and sidewalk. Cor Correct. Well, there have been new ones planted. Yeah. 
The trees are mentioned. So here you can see there really weren't a lot of trees in the terrace area. So this was actually a, a project that was um, not so much impact on trees when we put the sidewalk in because there were not existing ones. And then you can see after we did it, uh, the trees you see that are larger are on private property and then smaller ones were planted. Um, here's a slide that explains the assessment policy. So uh, when we do reconstruct a street, there are several items that are assessed to the adjacent property owner. Um, the concrete items being curb and gutter, sidewalk and drive aprons. And uh, also if uh, we do the sanitary sewer, um, a portion of that is assessed, the lateral um, to the adjacent property owner. Uh, and most of the time we end up doing the sanitary sewer with uh, these types of projects. The, the sanitary sewer may not be as old as like what's in the downtown area, but the materials, uh, we found that uh, anything built that was just after uh, World War II, it seems like the materials weren't quite holding up as well as even some of the older ones that are 100 years old. So usually those do go. Um, storm sewer is not assessed, uh, neither is water main, um, and uh, that just gives you a general idea of these these projects in general. Um, the average cost, um, this would be somewhat a guess, but I would say probably between five and ten thousand dollars, somewhere in that ballpark. <laughs> Um, so assessments, uh, there are a couple different options that are extended to these projects that are uh, uh, on the higher end. So that one first one being 15-year payback instead of eight-year. Uh, most projects are approved with eight years, but in, in the case of this, we, any type of project that has a higher assessment, we would request the Board of Public Works um, go ahead and extend that to 15 years, and uh, they've obliged to that on all of them. Um, also, there is a, a grant that was recently started a few years ago to help cover the cost of sidewalks if sidewalks are installed um, in a project like this. And then also, there are qualified loans available um, depending upon income, and I do have some of those applications if people want to look at it a little bit further. There's a, a little bit of a snippet on, on that handout that was out on the table, but if you want to see more detail on that, we have some, some up here in front if anyone's interested. So once again, um, Here's a summary of, uh, of costs, and I, I did adjust this. Um, I looked a little bit at the lot sizes in the Lakeview area, and then also over at uh, Westport in Knutson. Um, the question just came up about Turner Avenue. I think those lots were a little bit uh, not as, as wide as the lots out in this area. So I did a breakdown of showing what the different elements are, and you can see that, you know, if you took the total ballpark, deduct the um, sidewalk grant, you know, it's, it's an $8,000 assessment, which is a significant amount of money. Um, 
we, we do understand that. And again, that's why we try to accommodate with different options. Um, you know, and I'm sure you guys don't want to hear this right now because I've been hearing what you're telling me tonight, but we truly do think it's important to continue to invest in the city and its infrastructure and keep the utilities um, upgraded, our pavements upgraded, uh, that it, in the long run it, it, it's the best thing to try to keep that infrastructure in good condition. Um, again, we understand that uh, the assessments are high. Um, and just kind of to give you an idea of the, the cost, uh, I would say approximately 80 to 85 percent of the cost of the total project would come out of the general fund or the utility funds for the city. Um, with the remainder being assessed to the adjacent property owners. So I understand it's a huge investment, um, but the, the city as a whole is also investing uh, back into the neighborhoods to try to keep things um, in good condition. Okay, that, that's a good question. So uh, it's Everybody come up. Question? Oh, did everybody hear it? So it, it has come up before. You know why? Um, you know why doesn't the city just fund the whole project and not assess anything back to the homeowners? Um, and essentially, the assessment policy has been long-standing in place, and it's a way that helps fund part of the project. And the whole idea behind, uh, you know, the assessment of the curb and gutter and the sidewalk is that uh, the first installation should be paid by either, you know, the, by the property owner. So when somebody goes and buys a lot somewhere, uh, you know, that developer is paid to install that stuff. And when you purchase that, you're essentially paying for that infrastructure. Um, we have... Uh, um, over the past few years changed uh, some of the policies to try to lessen that amount because we do understand that that is a lot of money. Um, so for example, before we used to calculate all of the earthwork that may go on or the grading, now it's just a standard, you know, linear foot for what the cost is of the concrete actually, not, you know, how much cut or fill or retaining walls, et cetera, would be put in. Um, so once again, that, that does come up occasionally, but that's the current policy. And Correct. So, you know, the assessor doesn't come out and say they were just put 10,000 into the road. But in general, over the long run, um, keeping the infrastructure in good condition helps to keep your property values, you know, high or not high, but at a good, decent level. So. Yeah. Not part of the city. So I, that's why I said they don't. So yep. got only a couple more here, I think. Yeah, we'll come back and get it more. So. Um, just a slide here on trees quickly. Uh, trees are always a, a concern of, you know, not only uh, the residents but the staff too. So we, we take a very close look at impact on trees and we do what we can to uh, 
design and uh, um, uh, save as many trees as possible. Um, Dan had a good example of that project. It was actually Tompkins over on the east side where, you know, we kind of snaked the sidewalk through to, to save as many trees as possible. So, the, again, that um, I really can't tell you until we actually do a survey and a, a preliminary design, but um, we do take a look at that and we do uh, consider those in, in all of our projects, um, no matter if it's a sidewalk, bike path, street, whatever type of project we're doing. Um, this is a quick slide that shows two. Uh, um, so you have a sanitary lateral that or main that runs down generally the middle of the street. Uh, most likely those will be replaced in any type of project out here. Then there is a lateral that uh, goes back to each of the property owners' homes. Um, those laterals are actually owned by the property owners. And if, if something happened right now to your lateral, it would be up to the property owner uh, and his, or his or her responsibility to pay for any um, repairs uh, that may be needed. When we reconstruct the streets, we um, so want to encourage that those are replaced because the last thing you want to do is reconstruct a street and then have somebody's lateral fail a couple years later and have to dig into that new street because it's very expensive. Um, 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 it, it's not a city-funded insurance. It's actually a private company. So, uh, so once again, the city will pay for 75% of that cost um, because um, we want to fully take advantage of the street being ripped up. And a lot of times what we'll find is folks do have issues with their sanitary laterals because most likely it's just made out of clay. So if you kind of think of those terracotta clay pots that you plant things in, that's the type of material that the sewer is made out of. So it gets cracks into it and the, the tree roots will come in and uh, um, find those cracks and grow into the pipe and you have to call Roto-Rooter, uh, get that cleared out. That works for a while and then at some point you'll start to have uh, portions of that pipe collapsing. So if you have insurance, then it does cover it. I'm not sure how many people do here do have the insurance, but yes, it's my understanding is that private insurance covers that. Um, and then once it's reconstructed, a plastic pipe is put in, so that resolves the issues uh, concerning any type of tree roots coming in. So um, during construction, uh, on these local streets, we close the streets down and don't, you know, have through traffic going through, but we do allow uh, the local traffic, the folks that, or businesses that happen to be on there. Um, what happens is uh, the contractors will let the folks park out uh, on the, in the project area during the evening hours, but during the daytime when they're working, the cars will have to be out of there. Uh, this is usually not too big of a deal because uh, you'll have access still to get to your driveway uh, for most of the time. So um, most folks have, you know, decent driveways, long enough driveways um, that they can park their cars there and not have to worry about being on the street. But anytime concrete items are poured or placed, 
within the project limits, um, that will prevent cars from uh, being able to uh, drive and get onto their own driveways or garages. So, so you can expect that uh, if and when construction comes. Um, many times, too, we have requests. So if the people that have special considerations where they need to either for uh, health issues or mobility issues need access, um, we can uh, write a specification that requires that access to be maintained. And what they do is they, you know, bridge that concrete with a steel plate or something. So we do uh, definitely work with folks that need need consideration there. Um, the other thing you could expect is uh, when the water mains are replaced, you'll have a couple times when water will be shut off. Uh, again, they notify the folks um, uh, prior to that happening, and it's uh, not for a long duration. You know, usually I think a couple hours. Um, so the question is about the driveway, and if it's within the right-of-way, that will be taken care of during the project, but sometimes there's unique situations, but uh, we'd be happy to, you know, look at it. If it's back on private, you know, beyond the right-of-way, then that would be the property owner for sure, but if it's in the right-of-way, we would uh, fix that. There's my name and number. <laughs> All right, any questions from people? Hold on. Let me give you the microphone. We have a gravel driveway. Okay, we have a gravel driveway. Uh, do we need to have a driveway apron, or can they just do the curb cut? Yeah, so on gravel driveways, um, if sidewalk is installed, then concrete would be placed between the sidewalk and the curb and gutter. If sidewalk is not installed, usually what we'll do is uh, put in at least a couple feet of uh, asphalt right next to the curb just to keep the curb from undermining. So the rest of it can remain gravel, but we try to get at least, you know, a foot or two of some type of a probably asphalt just to, to keep that in place. Hi, I, I've lived on Drury Lane for 27 years, and this, you all look a little too young to maybe remember, but this is deja vu for us because about 15 years ago, we were slated to get curb gutter and sidewalk on our street as well as adjacent streets. And there was a hue and cry, and people came out devastated at how much it was going to cost them. Now, the city didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the assessment issues. What they paid a great deal of, a set, uh, of attention to was when environmental experts came with the research that showed that curb and gutter were, and sidewalks, any hardscape, were actually polluting our lakes and destroying the aquifer. And my question is, you, you mentioned, uh, I think maybe in response to our questions, that the ditches that were originally installed when the streets were installed are no longer being maintained well, and so they're not working. I personally don't believe that's true, um, especially since that wasn't an issue 15 years ago. Maybe some people have 
not kept up their ditches, but I can tell you that the Lakeview Hill Neighborhood Association is more than happy to put crews together to help our neighbors keep those ditches working because it's, it's easy enough to do. So what changed? Why did the city decide to not pay any attention to the environmental issues and continue with this policy? I, I, I guess I'm flummoxed by it. Okay, um, so once again, I'm not, I'm not the expert in this storm part. Um, Greg Fries uh, better, oh, more eloquently uh, explains it. Some of his answers are on the back of that sheet, and Greg actually, um, he had a, a different meeting tonight, but I hadn't even asked him to attend. But, you know, I can, I can at some point have him try to put something together. Um, as far as the maintenance of the ditches, so I think what happens is, just over time, you know, sand and dirt and stuff kind of fills it in. And, it, you know, it happens over a long period of time, not like within one year or five years. Um, so that becomes the issue. Um, I can also tell you that um, Greg did tell me, so, for example, some pavement work and ditching work was done near the Dane County Human Services Building uh, on Lakeview. And... Uh, um, there's still flooding issues there. The people to the south of Lakeview experience uh, different flooding issues when there's a large rain event. So, um, but again, I, I'm happy to try to to get some better answers from our storm sewer engineers on that. And if there's, I mean, I know in reconstruction projects, an existing curb and gutter, and if you had curb and gutter, that a rain garden option is another piece of that you can select to do because I did it in my neighborhood. Thank you. I just wanted to kind of piggyback on that again. And, and if you haven't done it, uh, Google EPA stormwater management and Minnesota stormwater management, where there are lots of different examples of, of new development as well as old development. But I guess I would like to address my question to Rebecca behind you, our alder. Would you be willing to potentially introduce a motion to have the city review these policies and look at some of these environmental issues about building curb and gutter when this, I mean, this is now the state of the art in terms of stormwater management and environmental pollution, particularly phosphorus into our lakes, which we've been hearing about forever. And it just seems like the city is still doing kind of some conventional, traditional street building when there are a lot of other options. One that I saw some really good examples of today are called ribbon curbs, which instead of the sewer drain and, all, and, and the curb that raises up, um, just a strip of concrete that's at street level and then edged with mulching and rain garden kind of plantings along there. And that kind of infrastructure, you would still be able to hold in the edges of a reconstructed street, but it wouldn't have the same kind of cost and, and impact, I think, on trees and, and all of the other environmental issues yeah, that we're concerned yeah. about. Yeah, in fact, that's the kind of curb and gutter that Maple Bluff does. It's not true that Maple Bluff doesn't have curb and gutter. They have exactly that kind. Mm -hmm. And I um, have already asked Christy to look into if that would be possible in connection with, especially on the Lakeview, in connection with their rain garden program, if it would be possible to do that and what kind of cost. But that, I mean, that's a, that, 
costing that out. She can't cost that out. That would be great, and we could be a pilot area. We have a lot of streets that are constructed in the same way. You heard a lot of them earlier. So to answer your first question. We kind of like this rural development area that we still live in. Can I answer your first question? Absolutely, I would be willing to introduce that. And also, in addition to that, um, I'm working with other alders. This assessment question has been, we've got to find a better way to fund our street reconstruction projects. And it's, um, it's not city staff's fault that things are this way. So I would just ask you to be a little kinder to our city staff for the rest of the evening. It's not their fault. It's their job to implement the policies that prior common councils have voted in. So please, please be kind to our staff who, re- who work really hard. Um, but I am already working with other alders. I'm already working with other alders, and we will work further with engineering. I know engineering is already, our city engineers has already been talking about um, coming up with some kind of calculation around um, trees. So Christy said that they do, they do a case-by-case survey of, you know, for, for the sidewalks and even for the curb and gutter, um, the, sort of the value of the, of the trees. So our city engineer, Rob Phillips, has said he is, uh, he is going to work even more um, focused to come up with an actual policy around saving the canopy. But the, the assessment issue and the alternative um, curb and gutters, absolutely, and I'm already working on the one. Thanks for the question. Uh, Yes, thanks for this uh, meeting tonight. I live on uh, Lakeview Avenue, down in the dead end. And I think uh, I have one comment and then two questions. Uh, The comment relates to what I I mentioned earlier is what I take as the promotional nature of this meeting in the sense that the presentations are here to convince us that curb and gutter and sidewalk are good things rather than, you know, a project that is open-ended that's taking feedback from citizens about whether or not they want these kind of improvements when really I think we're looking to move the process back a step to say, you know, we're trying to determine whether this is a, a positive advantage for the neighborhood rather than to be told that this is something that's good for us and this is how it should go. That's my comment. The second question I have is that the Lakeview Avenue in particular is a, is a small street. And I noted that your streets were between, I think, 28 and 32. Would this pro- the specific question is, would this project involve widening of the streets? Um. I think that I think Lakeview is pretty narrow right now, if I, I remember agree. right, maybe 24. Especially so. in the dead end, I think and it's down like around 24, 25. Yeah, yeah, so usually they get narrowed a little bit, but I think Lakeview is more narrow, and um, uh, so we do have our WIS, you know, for lane WIS. Um, one thing that can be considered is if you don't have any parking on the street, then we can go narrow. Well, there's no parking um, in the day. But the question but, that I think that is for me is the issue is that we have very large and old hickory and oak trees. And any widening of the street would, would undoubtedly damage the root structure. These We also have these large ditches that people are talking about, and the ditches seem to handle the, the water. But any widening of the roads would inevitably affect these trees. And these trees are magnificent trees, and they, are, they affect the character of the neighborhood completely. I think that the neighborhood is defined by the trees in particular. And while it may be perceived by some that there would be an improvement to have curbs and gutters, I think the trees are a much more profound addition to property assessment than the curbs and gutters. And then the third 
point I would like to make is if you were to put yourself in our, on our side of the table rather than on the side of the table that you're on, I think it would be instructive for us to hear from you your assessment of the process and where you recommend we uh, have our input and influence to stop the project. I think, you know, you can see that the, the vast majority of people who are here tonight are opposed to this project and want to make their voices heard to say, hey, wait, slow down. You know, let's get a handle of this. We're not, we don't want to be just railroaded on this project. We want to say that we want to have our way. So I think the question for us is really to understand a process which already looks actually quite far down the road because it's a policy where we have slides that talk about the power of curb and gutter. We have certain types of curb and gutter proposed. We have street sizes that are proposed. We have, you know, the water main which is going to go through. I mean, it looks like a project that's quite far down the line to me uh, sitting on the audience. If you could give us some insight from your point of view where we can have influence to stop the project, derail the project, influence its design, and ultimately, you know, try to make a, the city be responsive to what the requests of its citizenry is. Thank you. Can I, Christy, Thanks. can I ask um, Kelly Meese from the water utility, because it's the, it's the water main that for Lakeview that is driving this. Can I ask her to just explain that project sure so um, you know the water utility um, we plan our projects with our master plan which is approved by our, our board um, that dictates you know what projects are done what projects are priority so that's kind of our starting point um, this area the northeast side of Madison was identified as an area that had several issues um, the existing tower at Lakeview um, was way too small to provide modern firefighting capability. So that was, you know, that's really a huge issue for anyone living on the northeast side. Um, in addition, um, the zone that it serves was too small. In other words, there is a much larger area that needs to be brought into that higher pressure zone. Um, and then the third thing was that the surrounding zone, the general northeast side, needed additional storage. So we were able to rebuild that existing, replace the existing water tower with one water tower that served and, and resolved basically all of those needs. Now what we're doing is adding the distribution main that will realize the gains in capacity that the tower provides. So I have a handout up here that anyone can come up and take a look at. It's kind of a fact sheet and an exhibit. And I'm sorry I didn't prepare a slide, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't aware that there was going to be presentations. But basically, we are um, proposing to put distribution mains in along Lakeview, um, north and south on Sherman Avenue, along Delaware Boulevard, and up Esch Lane. Now that's our ultimate plan, um, and again, based on the master plan, this area has been, you know, we've we've looked at what area needs to be brought in, where, where what water pressures are at now, and where they should be, and so we have a pretty, you know, definite idea of what the ultimate size of this higher pressure zone needs to be, and these distribution mains are intended to provide this area with with the water the pressure that they need.
But we don't have to put curb and gutter and sidewalk on top of it. We can put back what was there before. So what I would suggest is that, you know, so right now water utilities tend to tentatively looking at uh, 2020. Um, so we do start the design, you know, about a year earlier. Um, so, you know, especially since we're looking at it, and we do have some storm engineers that are uh, just wonderful. I mean, they are, like, always looking for the best ways to try to um, – um, treat and deal with stormwater. Uh, Phil Gabler, he's a, a new addition to the city. He's been there oh, a few years now. He's he's been tremendous in just even doing pilots and trying new things. Um, um, so we'll definitely make him part of this team. And uh, so I'm thinking that probably late next year we can start having uh, more of the discussion of you know what are some of the possibilities if they are. But I would again have to consult with our our storm engineers. Question back here, Chris. Good evening. Uh, I lived on the north side here for since 1965, and I've been an environmentalist my whole life. And uh, most of you people that live here, I know, live here because you love the north side the way it is now. And uh, I know sidewalks are the, probably the biggest issue right now, maybe. And uh, I just like to point out if you take the trees out, you got to put a sidewalk in. You got it. The people got to shovel the sidewalks. They're going to put salt on the sidewalks. Where does it go? Down to the lagoons down here to Lake Mendota. And the lakes are in bad enough shape now without adding more nutrients to the lake. And uh, I think that's a big concern. I've been working down Warner Park Lagoon here for the last 15 years to get it judged out in shape because it's been big fish kills here for a number of years. And uh, the Air Fishing Club and uh, Wild Warner and, and stuff have been working really hard on, on the Warner Lagoons, and we don't need any more pollution down there. The Air Fishing Club installed a catch basin right at the end of Forrester Drive from the street runoff, and then in the first year they cleaned that in the spring of the year they took 66,000 pounds of sand and stuff from just the street runoff so anything you can do to keep sand and and uh, the grass greener and more of it we don't need sidewalks because that's not a filter for the lakes or runoff so I just wanted to point out these facts I mean it's the lakes are in bad shape now and we need to keep them that way Thank you. I have a question for Kelly. <clears throat> but first, I want to just piggyback on some of the things Sue and Sarah had said that maybe <clears throat> our alder and new engineers should look on the north side as creating a model uh, that other communities can copy where we're not adding more pollution, we're not adding more uh, con uh, concrete. Instead, we're preserving the environment because if your plan does kind of proceed as a g in general, you're going to denude the north side. Mm -hmm. And um, we need not only for us and our grandchildren, but for this city to preserve uh, all that greenery, especially those big trees. 
My question, though, to the uh, Kelly is, has not uh, the connection recently be, been made between the water tower and the lateral on Lakeview Avenue that goes down to about East or West Lane? Years ago, they dug all that up um, completely down and created some of it. And recently, our understanding was that top part of that connection was made. So they really only need to add the lateral from east or west lane. I don't remember exactly where that ends. Down, I mean, is that correct? That is correct. So we did, uh, we just finished a project this year um, that included some water main project or water main improvements, um, installation of some distribution mains between Northport Drive through county property to the reservoir and also a connection out to Lakeview Avenue. You're correct that um, the water main we want to install, we need a, a basically a 12-inch diameter water main between the reservoir and Sherman Avenue. So there is a water main that was installed several years back that does end at east or west. I, I can't recall either. Um, we need to continue that 12-inch main from that point out to Sherman Avenue. If I could just jump in, so that's correct, the water main was installed, um, and as we were reviewing, trying to get a little bit more information of narrowing down the limits, um, uh, our, our storm sewer uh, engineers asked the project to go all the way to the Dane County um, Human Services Building because of that flooding issue. Apparently there's flooding that happens south of uh, Lakeview, I think it may come through that Lane that's not improved. Um, so once again, going down to that driveway is not a request of the water utility, but of uh, um, the storm sewer group that has uh, experienced flooding calls from that area. <clears throat> Yeah, when we, I mean, I'll have the storm sewer engineers here when when we meet with the Lakeview people, so. Um, so we have not looked at it in detail. We do rebuild streets in similar con condition. Not, not, not real closely at this point. Again, no. And and again, um, I, I uh, um, don't want everyone to assume that it's going to be you know curb and gutter and sidewalks everywhere. So. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Christy? I have. Yeah, I have been down there before. My name's Kurt Walke. I'm uphill from you, across the street from my articulate neighbor, Steve, and my good friend, Jackers, working on the lagoon. I think what you are hearing is that 
your plan or your policy as such, and thank you, Rebecca, for entertaining a change to policy, does not necessarily have to be set in stone, especially for residents where the water utility has already extended down from the very far west end all the way down to either west or east avenue. If our road resurfacing is in order and if some iteration of a curb and gutter is necessary, I'd like to think that that process is dynamic enough to look at alternatives rather than to be locked into traditional civil engineering solutions. I think I've heard this before where the north side can act as a model, and I think with the energy that I see in my neighbors, if you want me to grub out your culvert pipe, I'll be there with some big auger and a shovel. I got a strong back and a weak mind, and for the, for the assessment of my house, it should be about at least $8,000. I guarantee you I can do a lot of creative water infiltration and water management for $8,000. Uh, especially with the help of good people like Greg Fries to point me in the right direction, which brings me to the second point. A lot of the water being generated is coming from the impervious, surfa impervious surfaces from the Dane County Social Services Building. God bless those people for what they do. But there was a great opportunity here of late to break up the slope at the very far west edge of Lakeview to direct that water into now green space rather than having it come into the Warner Lagoon, which, by the way, is being looked at by city engineering, your colleague Sally Swenson, $65,000 for initial RFP to try to do something here. So why would we shoot ourselves in the foot and waste money on Warner Lagoon when we're generating the very source of the, the disturbance upstream? So what I'm imploring you is coordinate very, very intensively with Dane County to try to do something about, A, the volume and the quality of the water that they generate and that we inherit and that all of our neighbors inherit in the lagoon, a public asset, one of our finest public assets. Two, try to be more creative in terms of your curb and gutter in places where we don't need traditional civic engineering. And three, understand that not all streets are complete streets. Not all streets are major conduits for business or commerce or industry or whatever the hell East Johnson is supposed to do. Lakeview Avenue is not East Johnson, okay? And all trees as well are not created equal. You're not going to satisfy myself or my neighbors by giving me some Chinese elm to stick in your new medium <laughs> when my 150-year-old white oak cannot be replaced. So please take those comments under thoughtful consideration and let's just kind of throttle back and let the people come to some decision about what is right and necessary that affects the quality of their lives. Thank you. I don't live in Lakeview, but I live on the corner of uh, Northport and Barbie. So a few years ago, and maybe a few, maybe three or four years ago, they redid the terraces on Northport. So I already have a property assessment on my taxes. Um, also, they decided to put in a new uh, street light. And I guess only my neighbor and I use that street light. We were the only two assessed for that cost. Now, I know when you, I've heard rumors that you want to put sidewalks on. There's one street of Barbie that has no sidewalks. So I know what's going to happen. I'd like to know if there's any way um, you could put sidewalks on just one side of our streets if you decide to do that. They do that in newer communities in Windsor and DeForest. 
So I'd just like to know if that would be a consideration. Sure. So um, requests for sidewalk on Barbie aren't really ringing a bell with me right now. So uh, I, I can tell you we don't have anything scheduled, um, but I don't really ever remember anyone requesting it. Uh, and good question on uh, sidewalks on one side only. Um, we have done that where it's like physically impossible to put it on the second side. Um, what happens is that, uh, you know, which side do you pick? You know, uh, my old boss used to say uh, everyone was in agreement that should be on the other side of the street, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, if and when we propose something on Barbie, you know, please bring it up again. And, yeah. Again, um, we see a benefit to have it on both sides. Sometimes it only does end up on one side. Um, and then also just to give you an example, when, you know, we're reconstructing streets or resurfacing, uh, if we do have sidewalk existing on one street, then usually getting it on the other side is not a, a big priority to us unless somebody requested it or you can see a worn path. But... Uh, I uh, I'm not familiar with the the other neighborhoods. Um, the Windsor, you say? I I mean I can check into it. You know. Mhm. We we can check into it. I mean we are open to looking at different things and designs do get tweaked. But right now the the standard city policy is on both sides of the street for the new subdivisions. So. Hi. Um, my name's Colleen, and I used to live on the west side. And I moved over here about 20 years ago. And what I was really struck with on the northeast side, there was always this, you know, thought that northeast side is just, you know, this bunch of rowdies and you get killed and all this other stuff. <laughs> Since I moved over here, it is so wonderful. And what I love about it is how much the people really care about their land and about, like, Warner Park. So what amazed me, I was thinking, you know, we're always taking care of our land. But you see, Dane County have, like, it looks like diamonds on their hill in the, in the wintertime. There's so much salt on their roads. And it goes right into my gutter. And I'm sitting there, this is killing our lakes. And then we had the issue about um, uh, all the fireworks going into our pond, which I thank God it doesn't do anymore. But what is the city thinking? Then they start dumping it into Lake Mendota, Minona. So I'm thinking, <laughs> you take it from there over there. So I don't know if the city has a real um, appreciation for the beauty of this city and how much our community loves this city, loves our trees, loves everything about my community. I would never move from here for anything. And that's why I'm so, so very, very emotional about this, because I don't want to make it into a, a street that I just left on the west side that had the curbs and it had this. It had no uniqueness to it. When I moved, when my husband and I went up the street on Lakeview, we go, I never knew this place existed. It was like I went into Oz. <laughs> and I said, I want to live here for the rest of my life. And if I have to 
pay extra to have the, the water gardens and whatever kind of things, if I have to pay double what you have for these, um, these other stuff you want to put in that's going to kill everything, trees, my trees, I will, I will pay double as long as we keep in mind how beautiful this area is. And it will bring more businesses, it will bring more people. And every time I get a chance, I tell how much I love the northeast side. And I want to keep it this way. And I will do, I will have, I, I can, you can see how many people love this area. How much we fought for the geese and, and, and the, our pond. So that's why. It's not because we don't want to pay for, you know, oh, I have to shovel. Oh, I have to do this. It's not that at all. I, I, I don't mind shoveling. It's looking at my trees every morning looking at the beautiful woods that are right next door, and that if that's in jeopardy, I will fight for that. And I know all these people will, too. So please, please, city, take this in mind, because this is very emotional to me, and I will do everything I can to keep the beauty in this northeast side. Uh, hello. Um, about a month ago, I read the Madison General Ordinance about sidewalks and curbs and gutters. It was really exciting. And, uh, and that was before the first neighborhood meeting. And if I remember correctly, that um, so it listed a lot of things you've been talking about tonight in the presentation. But there's also provision for the city engineer to, in essence, make exceptions for local conditions. Is that correct? That we would not install curb and gutter or sidewalk in some instances? Correct. That's correct. Right. So given that, given tonight's meeting and everything the city staff and employees and uh, elected officials have been hearing for the past month, I really hope that in 2019, when you come back for the repaving of Lakeview Avenue, that you don't have a plan that has sidewalks in it and you don't have a plan that widens the street. And you don't have a plan with curb and gutter because that means everything we've done to date and probably what we'll do for the next two years has gone for naught. And so the responsiveness that we're asking for and the flexibility that the ordinances allow are really what we're hoping can be accomplished through, through our public participation and input right now. Assuming that doesn't happen, unfortunately. Um, there are some streets in our neighborhood that already have curbs and gutters and already have sidewalks. Uh, in those situations, are they going to be torn up and relayed when you redo the street? So do we have to pay to take that out and put it back in? Uh, so the, the question is about streets that already have sidewalk and curb and gutter. Um, so there, there are a couple different programs that are um, in the engineering budget. Uh, one, for example, is the sidewalk program. And so the goal of that program is to make a lap around the city once every 10 years and look for any uh, trip uh, hazards, issues like that. Um, I think they were in the north side maybe about three, three years ago or so. And... Uh, so we do repair sidewalks and we do replace them and the assessment policy for replacement of the existing is a 50-50 split um, with the, uh, the city and the property owner. And naturally most of the sidewalk hopefully stays in good condition so it's not like uh, the full frontage. It's usually a square here and there. 
um, Kirbin Gutter uh, on in the downtown area, the streets are much older and uh, have been scheduled uh, for reconstruction, which means fully ripping everything out, all the curb comes out, etc. I would characterize um, the north side more as uh, an area where we're going to be resurfacing next. So that means that the curb and gutter is in fairly good condition. Most of it can be saved, but the pavements are starting to need uh, uh, resurfacing. So. That type of a project would entail um, spot replacement of the curb and gutter and then full uh, pavement replacement. And again, there too, the curb and gutter would be assessed 50% um, property owner, 50% city, um, and it's uh, a spot replacement. So we're, we're not doing a, usually not a whole frontage along folks' uh, properties. I still oh the apron okay so you, okay so um, pavement is not assessed at all on a resurfacing project so it's just the initial installation of the the street with a, a pavement and a curb and gutter. So on our street resurfacing, um, none of the asphalt or the street is assessed other than half the cost of the curb and gutter. So environment's very important to me, but unfortunately for me, financial is a little bit more. And what I don't understand is I'm paying $6,000 a year in property tax. We own two lots, so I've got 120 feet of frontage. Where's all? I don't create that much trash, and unfortunately, Mendota Elementary isn't taken care of well enough that I think that $6,000 is being spent. Snow removal, sure. Why isn't any of this money, well, enough of it, to take care of this road being coming out of that? I moved here four years ago. Nixon was a hot mess then. It didn't just turn into a hot mess since I bought it. Why am I paying for the huge amount of traffic flow that goes through it every day? Because I just happen, I happen to be there, so I'm the one that gets footed with the bill. I don't understand why this isn't coming out of gas taxes and my property taxes. Why am I ten over ten thousand dollars? I'm supposed to come up with that's that's the property value that I've gained in, in becoming a property owner, and you just want to take that away. I, I, I'm super scared and frustrated because that that's what I've earned by becoming a property owner, and then that's all gone to be gone. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think Alder Kimball already mentioned that she's going to try to take a look at that. Um, it's a, a policy um, that has been in place for uh, decades. Um, I don't know, maybe even since the beginning of reconstructing streets. Um, it has changed and, and been modified slightly here and there throughout the years. And every time it is modified, it's been modified to uh, lessen the impact to the individual property owners. Oh, what? Yeah, um, so the condition uh, 
these streets uh, usually don't have a lot of gravel base underneath them, and they're usually a chip seal where it's kind of like spray that asphalt and pea gravel, and it's, you know, year after year of that, of uh, um, how it's maintained. And in order to have like a pavement that lasts, we uh, need to build it with a rock, stone rock base, and then actually an asphalt that the minimum that we put in is uh, three inches worth of just asphalt, not the chip seal. And those pavements last a lot longer. Um, so uh, how did that street get in that condition? Uh, I'm not real familiar with the north side history, but most of the streets um, that are in that condition were developed outside of the city of Madison. They were in a township and uh, not uh, built to a, the same standards of some of the streets that we have, you know, in the, in the rest of the city. And... Uh, um, as the townships annexed in, uh, uh, that's how you get a kind of the variety of, of street pavements. But we have, uh, it's kind of peppered throughout all sides of the city, you know, the east side, west side, north side, south side. But again, I think Alder Kimmel will have this in her mind to try to, you know, press us and challenge us a little bit. And each time that I've seen that policy change, again, it has been to lessen the impact to the individual property owner. Christy, I just have a comment on your procedure um, or your process. It, it seems to me once your team has a design, it's just human nature to defend that design. And then to, to have a community meeting and blah, 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 after you have locked onto a design, I don't think it's going to be productive. I, I'd like to see you rethink the procedure so that you have some planning process where community input is in the very design phase. So we design it together. Yeah, I, I like that suggestion and I um in in my mind what I'm thinking is when we actually start looking, you know, at an individual project, uh, to get the storm sewer engineers to a meeting with you folks to listen to all the input um that you've been giving tonight and, and have them uh, uh, take a look and see what they can do. Christy, just another comment, um, and this opens up another whole can of worms, which I, I'm not sure is the wisest thing I want to do, but the west end of Lakeview Avenue serves as a very convenient ingress and egress for the county employees at the Lakeview facility. And I don't think that was necessarily ever the intent of the city, is to have Lakeview be the conduit for me to get to work or for me to leave work when an existing alternative, very publicly safe and accessible alternative exists on Goodwin Road. So one thing you might want to take a look at is, you know, if, if Lakeview needs to be resurfaced and needs to be able to be maintained largely because it bears the brunt of the traffic from people who are going to and from work rather than people that live there, Maybe this needs to be scrutinized a little bit more before we decide to jump in. Um, I don't think necessarily as a taxpayer or a resident that I have to be responsible for the convenient commute of my Dane County public servants when an alternative to them already exists. I'd like to talk about the unintended consequences that are happening here. Here, just so you know, today I just went up to Mawson to bury my 102-year-old cousin. 
My mother's 90. I hope she's going to be able to live in the home she's been in since 1961. She's been there longer than you've been alive. Well, she lives on the east end of Lakeview Avenue, on the south side where there's banks. Now, I read about this where you build retaining walls. Did that to my aunt's house on Nevada. Of course, she had to maintain that wall, and it wasn't put in right. So now my mother, right here, smartest woman I ever met in my life, walks down that bank because it's a lot easier for her than walking down the stairs. Now, you put in that curb gutter, you put in that sidewalk, you build that retaining wall, unintended consequence, you make my mother shut in in her own home that she's paid for and paid taxes on for 56 years. This is something we fought to keep the hill when you want to turn it into condominiums who's been active her whole life, and you want an unintended consequence, she can't get out of her own house. Now, I'm sure, and there's a lot of other elderly people on that street. Matter of fact, I ain't so young anymore. But, but until you start looking at things like that, all these other things are absolutely right. Pollution and everything, but you have people who lived there for years, paid their taxes, raised their family, sent the kids to school, and you're going to make them so they've got to leave their own home by doing something like this. Now, that's unconscionable to me. Thank you. All right. Just a, just a final question. Now, I'll address this to Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca, there's been a lot of energy in this room tonight um, and the people here, and I think that some of them uh, that are that are getting up and leaving uh, obviously have some time con concerns and so forth. Um, what can people that are at this meeting do to keep this flow and this idea uh, uh, going that you've heard here tonight? Um, there's, there's a lot of unhappy campers in this room, sort of with the process. And what I'm hearing is that they want that process interrupted, and they want an active effort from their alder to interrupt that process. Uh, are you committing tonight then to uh, to actively interrupt that process and to try and to try your level best to uh, uh, to see that we can make some other some other arrangements here? Okay, so the first thing you can do is sign up on the sign up sheet so I know who is here and I can communicate with you afterwards. The second thing, I don't know if it's really been made clear or not. There there has been no. There, there's no process to interrupt yet. So I think we're right now we are pre-process, and we need to start, as someone just suggested, a start intervening before the process happens. No, so I, the information that's been going around the neighborhood and that Christy gave you today was about, okay, the information Christy gave you today was about how city generally does things. There is no process in motion yet for the Lakeview Avenue reconstruction. That, okay, there is no process in motion yet. It's in a plan. I'm talking about the larger scope here. I mean, you're, that obviously is not lost on you, correct? Right. The, 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 larger, the, larger, the, scope, the larger scope of this is, yes, Lakeview residents are number one in the scope of this. But, but this, entire, this, this process needs to be interrupted in terms of this, the complete streets idea that everybody is the same. The north side is not the same as the other, other places that, that we've talked about. Well, I, okay? I agree, and I, and right. I don't think and, complete and, street says everyone's the same. So what, what I think let's work together, me, the Neighborhood Association, of which I'm a part. I live in the, in the western part of the Neighborhood Association on School Road, to before any design happens, 
any actual plan, any actual anything for Lakeview Avenue happens. I think we started it today. We heard a lot of great ideas today. Right. And before anything happens at all at the engineering or city staff level, I mean, we start working with Sue has done a ton of research. I know Jim Powell has done a ton of research on specific ideas that we bring before their process starts to them to let them know that these are the kind of things we want. Correct. So but who are, who are the other decision-making persons within city government that the people in this room can talk to and contact? Because this is all very nebulous. If we, we can give our, our information through you or we can give it through Ms. Bachman, but Ms. Bachman is not a decision-maker. Okay? It seems like the council would be the ultimate decision-maker uh, uh, in some of these things. Do we need to talk to the council? Do we need to, you know? Not at this point, because I think we can negotiate a solution that we can all live with before. I have faith that we can all come up with a design and a solution that we can all live with before any council decision is ever made, which typically happens at the end of the process. Is that right? That happens at the end of the process. What, what we're lie? doing now is basic community organizing, figuring out what the neighborhood wants, what the neighborhood needs, and we do need information from city engineering. We, do, we need facts right, from who? them about how water is moving, what they can and can't mm -hmm. do, and then, and then we need to work that out before any formal planning process happens. I mean, it's loud and clear. No sidewalks, right? Loud and clear. No, um, no curb and no, gutter for, I mean, for many of our streets. Some people want curb and gutter. Some people whose homes what? are flat, and they're no. not speaking up. They're not yelling at people. But there, there are some who want. But here's the basic issues we need, to, we need to concern ourselves with, okay, is stormwater management. There's, not one, there's multiple ways to do that. You're in. Thank you, Kurt. I really enjoy working with you on the Lagoon Project and with Jack, too. So we need to start organizing now to come up with these ideas so that when the planning, if and when the planning process does happen, because things get pushed back all the time. Right now it's slated for 2020 because the water utility is saying that's when they're doing the, the main. Who knows budget-wise it could get pushed back. But I think it's awesome that Sarah and Sue and others have organized the neighborhood early so we can have these kind of forums to get our ideas out, to get our concerns related to the staff that actually builds the stuff and start working on it together. I am confident that we will be able to come up with solutions that we can all live with. Okay? And on the bigger policy issues, yes, I am totally committed to figuring out a different way to fund this stuff, number one, and to um, doing more um, environment, environmentally friendly, flexible street reconstruction and bringing, the, bringing those as actual policy initiative, initiatives above and beyond, you know, one, one project. If I might just have a follow-up question with you. When I, we talked on the telephone, and I appreciate very much your calling me back sorry, so there's responsibly. Light in my face. Sorry? Okay. I'm not that great to look at, even when you can see me. <laughs> but um, I, I, I would like to know from you per personally whether you are neutral on the project, you know, it's in the whole dimension of it, or whether you believe 
that a particular solution is desirable. Because when I was finished with the telephone call, I had the conclusion that you were, you know, basically an advocate for the street improvement of curbs and gutters, uh, you know, albeit maybe a different type of curb design, but that that was a position that you had already adopted and felt positive about. And I was, uh, maybe you were ambivalent about the sidewalks. I'm not sure about that. But based on this meeting and the discussions that you've had with people, have you moved more towards neutral, or are you an advocate for the project of curbs and gutters on Lakeview? I, the project does, here's the thing, you guys. The project doesn't exist yet. I'm an advocate for us dealing responsibly with stormwater, however we do that. I am a project for keeping our canopy and growing our canopy. That's what I'm an advocate for. Um, I, the way you pose that question, really, there is no project to advocate yet. What we know is the street's going to get torn up, a water main's going to get put in, and the street has to be put back together again. I am an advocate for dealing responsibly with stormwater runoff so neighbors don't, downhill don't get flooded. Okay, I have no even idea. I mean, I have a lot of ideas of how different ways it can be done, but I'm not an engineer. I'm, you know, I'm just an elected official. So any, I have, I have no attachment to any specific outcome here at all. What I have an attachment to is to creating a space for you guys to be able to talk, organize, come up with ideas, and then connect with the city, because that's my job as an elected official. My job isn't to push anything, and I don't know where people are getting the idea that I have a personal agenda to do anything, um, but my job is to create this space for you guys to engage with the city uh, departments and the city policies, whether that be to change them, whether that be to work with them, whatever. Okay, so I appreciate the question, and I'm really being as honest as I can be and as specific as I can be. I know I'm aware of that. I know, and we heard it loud and clear tonight. So let's work together to come up with a, a solution we can all live with. Yeah, this is off the question and answer thing. It says um, that a new review is going to be done by the end of 2017 in, uh, in our districts here. And then the question following is, will the residents be informed when the review takes place? And the answer is no. And I think they should be informed so they, they can have input when this review is going on instead of kind of getting blindsided with the conclusions that somebody else came up with. Um, that, can you guys hear me? Uh, that review is, uh, we have a pavement uh, engineer who drives every street in the city um, over a two-year period. So what he's doing is uh, driving the street and looking at the condition of the pavement um, and then curb and gutter if that exists. So, uh, um, uh, again, he, you know, he's driving and he's just writing down the uh, uh, rating of the pavement. It's not like he's making a determination that, 
you know, we should replace the water main and have a project here or anything of that sort. So it's just a condition, uh, and I'd be happy to, uh, you know, review the, con you know, ratings of the streets that you may have in question, but, um, again, he's in a, a car driving many miles every day, so. Sure. Um, Christy, can I answer this? So yeah. there's a pavement condition review. Is this what the question is about, the pavement condition review? And actually, that information is publicly available. And um, I believe, is it through TE? Who? It's on the, the data, data portal. portal. Yeah. On the city's data portal, you can. So okay. it's not. Um, so people aren't informed directly as a matter of course. But now that I know this neighborhood and my district is interested in that, I will certainly um, put that information out every year as it comes available. And well, I we reach. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think what you're trying to get after is. How do you guys find out when we do decide to have a project? So not necessarily the engineer that's looking at the condition of your pavement. Um, and uh, those are, at this point, mostly utility-driven. Um, and uh, uh, the way we get that information out is to try to reach out to the neighborhoods um, as we are tonight. And uh, then as we get closer to trying to, um, you know, formulate an exact plan, then we will invite just the uh, specific neighbors. It's 8.30. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate your input. And uh, we heard you loud and clearly, so uh, be aware of that. Thanks.